to episode one of season two of Rewired Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Kelly. And uh, we're really excited about season two and bringing those new ideas to you. Uh, Kelly, where did our season one go? Well, season one, you may have noticed, is no longer on iTunes or Opinion. And that's because the Opinion app uh, has folded. And so, unfortunately, uh, we are not hosted there anymore. So now we're on Podbean and we're going to get back on iTunes and everything's going to come back together. But just in case you're looking for us, we're over on Podbean now. Uh, So Kelly, what are we going to talk about today? So today we're going to talk about new Baltimore versus old Baltimore and all the ways that The Wire explores institutions or buildings or figures being replaced by what you might think is new, but actually kind of represents a lot of the same uh, decay. And I think the most sort of obvious example of that is the first season, or sorry, the first episode of season three, and the first scene of season three, episode one. Yeah, that's a great scene. That's when the towers come down. And I think Bodhi says something really critical in that scene. Um, He's talking with Poot about... Uh, about the the meaning of the buildings and and well we'll listen to that uh, clip. Man, I I don't know man I mean I'm kind of sad. Them towers be home to me. You gonna cry over housing project now? Man they should have blew them motherfuckers up a long time ago. You ask me. Man it ain't never been bad. I mean I done seen some shit happen up in them towers that still make me smile yo. A few moments from now the Franklin Terrace towers behind me which sadly came to represent some of this city's most entrenched problems, will be gone. Y'all talking about stealing concrete, man. Stealing fucking concrete. Man, I'm talking about people, memories and shit. Ain't the same. Look, they're going to tear this building down, they're going to build some new shit. But people, they don't give a fuck about people. You are very soon going to see low and moderately priced houses built in their place. Calm down. My cousin used to live in 221. I used to be up in there all the time. Man, who you tell it? I caught my first pussy up in there. The girl Shantae. Man, why didn't you say something before? They probably wouldn't be tearing this towel down now. They could put a big ass sign in the front that says, here's where Malik Carr first got his dick wet. You know what I'm saying? Two, we could be taking pictures of tourists, be taking pictures and shit, souvenirs of your dick about he, this side. He ain't funny, yo. He just jealous. <laughs> what? Jealous? You crazy, Shantae? Man, the mention of that bitch make my dick burn. Yo, ain't no bad pussy, fool. Yeah, that's what they keep telling your ass down at the clinic, man. Keep that shit up. You ever seen this motherfucker when he walking out to the clinic, burnt? Poopy like this. He looks like a backwards-ass cowboy and shit. Instead of like this, my man walking like this. <laughs> dick looking like a fried chicken wing. The mistakes have been made. But we will learn from those mistakes. Reform is not just a watchword with my administration. Uh, No, it's a philosophy. Shit, man, no matter how many times you get burnt, man, just keep on doing the same. Nigga, do not learn. <laughs> now, what do you say? Are you ready for a new Baltimore? Man, my whole life been around in towers, you know? I mean, I feel... Shit, I feel like I don't got no home, man. Housing just moved your mom up to Poplar Road, didn't it? You ain't homeless, nigga. You got a home. Shit, you just damn near out of work is all. What you mean? I mean, look, all over the city, even out in the county, you had people. Coca dope, 24-7. Where was it they go? Man, look, you live in the projects, you ain't shit, but you slaying product there? You got the game by the ass, man. 
Shit. And now these downtown suit-wearing ass bitches done snatched up the best territory in the city from y'all. You wanna crawl with some shit, crawl with that. All right, everyone. Count with me. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. kind of attached to the building you know he's saying uh it's memories it's people and Bodhi's saying you know no it's just steel and bricks steel and bricks and as they sort of go through this conversation uh Bodhi says to Poot um don't matter how many times you get burnt you keep doing the same shit yeah and at the same time they're making a big show in the community of the towers coming down. Lots of people are out to sort of applaud. It's supposed to represent the fall of the drug trade in inner city Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But of course the irony is that it doesn't really represent that because this is giving way to this kind of alliance between east side, west side, um, and if anything, you know, the drug trade gets worse when things like Amsterdam come along. Exactly. And what's really interesting about sort of this theme of newness and renewal is that the co-op, the drug dealer co-op that is eventually created is actually called the New Day Co-op. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. And so when they have their meetings at uh, the motel or whatever, there is a sign that they put out on the like the, I don't know, the sign of the motel that says New Day Co-op meeting here or mm. whatever. Yeah. So anyway, it's Good kind of interesting that they say like a new day, a new day. Um, now, so what's interesting about this sort of 221 building coming down is that this is all on the heels of where Uncle Frank was fighting so hard for the dredging of the canal. Yeah, so season two, uh, in theory... You know, he wants the canal to be dredged so that they can get more ships in. And that would represent a new Baltimore uh, for the stevedores and bring back some of the industry that's been lost. Uh, but what they do instead of that is erect the, or at least make plans, plans for the granary condo building. Right. Which is going to go up where they were going to dredge the canal. Uh, so that is actually the quote-unquote new Baltimore, I guess you could say. But just goes to show that it's really not a renewal for the stevedores. If anything, it's going to get much worse for them. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as we see, I think it's in season four or season five, Jason, one of the stevedores, is now uh, just one of the homeless fellows because he 
couldn't get work because they didn't dredge the canal. Oh, interesting. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see them on the street. I think it's the final montage of season five. When they're doing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and it's interesting about the condos too because there are several allusions to condos and development being kind of the the bad guy in this sort of broader picture of what is Baltimore. So uh, at one point there's a joke made near, I think, the end of season two or perhaps the beginning of season three where um, the police are talking about Stringer Bell and how they're going to catch him and then, you know, there's this whole thing about him becoming the bank. And uh, Lester says, uh, Stringer Bell's even worse than a gangster. He's a developer. Yeah, I like that. Um, and Clay Davis, as this financier slash rainmaker of the condo building, is also a bad guy, but a shadier bad guy than perhaps the drug dealers because, you know, he doesn't, or Stringer doesn't know that he's getting played, which right. is, um, yeah, it's just kind of different. And for Stringer, actually, the condos and his developer persona do represent a new Stringer. Is, yeah. This is his way out of the game. Yeah. Stringer's new Baltimore is to become a legitimate businessman, which we see he has those aspirations all through basically season one and season two. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, Avon and Stringer are kind of juxtaposed as the new Baltimore and the old Baltimore in that Avon is very much old Baltimore for example, when he says to Stringer, you know what the difference between you and me is, I bleed red, you bleed green. Yeah. And they talk about how, as little boys, what their aspirations were. And finally, you know, Stringer says, like, what do you want to do with all this money, Avon? Like, what do you want to be? And he says, I don't know, just a gangster, I suppose. Like, yeah. Avon very much wants to be sort of that old Baltimore, whereas for Stringer, the drug trade and all of the things that go with that are just ways to become this new stringer the developer but it's interesting near the end of his life in season three when he figures out that clay davis rain made him he has that conversation with uh the lawyer uh he reverts back to his old ways and he tries yeah. to get slim charles to take out clay davis yeah he wants to take out a hit on clay davis and then that's when he says oh that's not a hit that's an assassination yes um and i think we really see Avon and Stringer as two opposite sides of Baltimore coming together in that scene on the balcony. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we should just take a minute and listen to that scene. Damn, man, I missed this crib already. <laughs> yeah, well, you spending a lot of time at the other spot doing what you got to do. Yeah. Man, it's a shame we got to do with this Marlowe bullshit, man. I mean, if I had taken care of that earlier, man. It's always going to be a Marlowe, man. No Marlowe, no game. But you could have dealt with that shit a little sooner, I mean, yeah, but, you know what I'm saying, don't let it lay on you like that. Tonight, I mean, I'm gonna kick back and just enjoy this view. I mean, look at this shit. Can you fucking believe this? I mean, I got a crib that's overlooking the harbor. This is the same place we used to run through this motherfucker. We had every security guard in there following us. As they should have. True. <laughs> True. And then there was at one time, nigga. Toy store? Hell yeah, I told your ass not to steal a badminton set. What you gonna do with a fucking net and a racket? And we ain't got no yard. 
<laughs> you like, yo, that white boy ain't gonna jump over that counter and come chase after oh, me. He sure did, and though. He said, Whoa. I said, what the fuck? He was on your ass like Carl Lewis. Fist was balled up. Your ass was running too fast as you could. Punching yourself in the chest, looking all mad and shit. Ah! That shit was crazy, man. Right here, too, man. Right there. God damn. Can you imagine, man, if I had the money that I have now, man, I could have bought half this waterfront property. God damn it. Yeah, forget about that for a while, man. You know, just dream with me. We ain't got a dream no more, man. We got real shit. Real estate. We can touch. I can't get too fucked up tonight, man. I got some shit I gotta do over inside tomorrow. Plus, that fucking Polak, we got working for us, man. I gotta pull his coat. If he had anything to do with that Clay Davis bullshit, man, I'm gonna have to cut his money, little faggot. Time y'all meeting. Uh, what time, uh, 12? Uh, I think, why? You, you need me to do something for you? Nah, I'm just seeing where you're gonna be at. You need to relax more, man. When time is right, I will. You know I don't take my work too seriously. That's right. It's just business. Us, motherfucker. Us, man. So as you can hear in that scene, and it's such a it's a great moment. Probably is one of the most powerful moments. Totally. Each of them, Stringer and Avon, has sold the other one out somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh Avon by ordering this hit on Stringer, and Stringer by giving up Avon to the mm. police. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because they're both kind of trying to fight for their version of Baltimore. Mm. For Avon, it's old. For Stringer, it's new. But they both ultimately fail. And what we see by the time season four rolls around is that, oh, there's a, a new, new Baltimore, and that's Marlowe. Right. And that uprising of that new Baltimore, so Marlowe versus Avon and Stringer kind of, is also juxtaposed to the Royce versus Carchetti mayoral run. Yeah, which is a really big turning point. Pretty much dead in the middle of the series is when we go from the Royce reign to this new era of Carchetti and uh, all the institutional changes that he promises to make. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when we think about that mayoral run too, of course, Tommy Gray, or sorry, not Tommy, Tony Gray is also part of that run. And he, his platform is schools and Carchetti's platform is crime. Yeah. And Royce kind of runs on his incumbency. And 
we we see a lot of this um, tension between old versus new. Also with like Delegate Watkins supporting uh, Daniel's wife. Yeah, Marla Daniels. Marla Daniels. Um, and the mayor is saying, you know, Unetta, Unetta's on Unetta the team. Perkins. Unetta's Perkins is on the team. We got to support Unetta. But Delegate Watkins is like, no, I'm going to go with the new. Yeah. And the voters choose the new and they choose Carcetti. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because in a lot of ways, the like, the dilapidation and dysfunction of the physical surroundings are also a symbol. To me, I'm thinking of when... Cuddy comes out of prison and he's debating whether or not he needs to go back to his old life or does he start this new life and for the the first you know bit out of prison he still goes by Cuddy and I'm thinking about when he's working at the landscaping thing and he uh he's trying to get the lawnmower to work and he can't get it to work so the guy who runs the landscaping company comes over and talks to him and sort of gives him this speech about uh you can you can walk back through those doors or you can do something new but it's hard work the new is the hard work it's never going to be easy you're going to be sweating over this lawnmower yeah every day which is a, a nice I would say inspiring kind of moment but then everywhere else in the series that we look the new doesn't have that sense of transformation. Mm. Like, even when Carcetti gets elected mayor and he's supposed to reduce crime, you know, the crime actually probably gets worse under him, as Mm -hmm. we see with um, Snoop and Chris dropping bodies in the vacants. And that's also in line with how um, when Tommy is running and he's saying, I'm going to increase overtime and we're going to get the crime under control, what actually happens is that he gets so squeezed for budget so quickly that he can't pay the overtime and the cops we see just don't even care about the crime anymore. Right. Because they always say cases go from red to black by By way of green. green. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other sort of like new versus old physical thing that comes up is the nail gun versus the screws in the vacants. Yeah, well, and also nail gun versus traditional gun. Um, mm, interesting. Because Snoop, and I mean, we put a poll up on our Twitter a couple weeks ago about uh, what was everyone's favorite season opener. And season four, the opener with the nail gun, won uh, by far. Because it's such a good scene. You know, she, Snoop decides to go with this nail gun instead of just a handgun. And that's how they're able to hide their murders for so long as they're just, uh, they're obscuring the crime. That's a great scene. Let's listen to that scene. Okay. I uh, see so you got the DeWalt cordless, your nail gun, DeWalt 410. Yeah, the trouble is, you leave it in the trunk for a while, need to step up and use the bitch, the battery don't hold up, you know? Yeah, cordless will do that. You might want to consider the powder actuated tool. The Hilti DX460MX or the Simpson PTP, these two are my Cadillacs. Everything else on this board is second best, sorry to say. Are you contracting or just doing some work around the house? No, we work all over. Full time? No, we had about five jobs last month. Oh, a 
that rate, the cost of the powder-actuated guns justifies itself. You say powder? Powder. Like gunpowder. Yeah. The DX-460 is fully automatic with a 27 caliber charge. Wood, concrete, steel to steel, she'll throw a fastener into anything. And for my money, she handles recoil better than the Simpson or the P-3500. Now, you understand what I mean by recoil? Yeah, the kickback. I wish. That's right. 27 caliber, huh? Yeah, not large ballistically, but for driving nails, it's enough. Any more than that, you'd add to the recoil. Man, shit. I say no tiny-ass 22 world nose drop the nigga plenty of days, man. Motherfuckers get up, man, you like a pinball. Whip your ass up. Big joints, though? Big joints, man. Just break a bone, just say fuck it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with this right here, man. How much I owe you? 669 plus tax. No, no, you, you just pay at the register. No, man, you go ahead and handle that for me, man. And keep the rest for your time. This is $800. So what, man? You earned that bump like a motherfucker, man. Keep that shit. Yeah, I get a real kick out of that scene and, you know, she tells him to keep the change and he earned it and, and she just sort of totally, I don't know, like disregards or rejects the, the like traditional storefront, like how you're supposed to pay at like a, a Home Depot. Yeah, well, she's like bringing the game into Home Depot, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then, as you said, there's also an important moment with the screws in the vacants. Yes, yeah, so Lester realizes that the way the way that he can tell if there's a dead body in the vacant is to check whether the old city screws are in holding up the board at overhouses or is it the new nail gun nails? And then so he says every vacant that has a nail gun nail, we got to open it up. Yeah, and so I mean, it's just kind of a again, the newness is what betrays the old, you know? It, it all goes back to this inability of Baltimore to move forward out of its institutional stagnancy. And I think we see that again and again. It's something we talked about a lot last season of our podcast. Yes. Well, and the whole idea actually in kind of where it goes in season five is that actually nothing is new. The The everything changes but remains the same. So yeah. Kima becomes the new McNulty. Mm -hmm. uh, Dookie becomes the new Bubbles. Marlo becomes the new Avon. Exactly, but nothing actually changes. Nothing is truly new. It is the same old, same old with the different people acting. Yeah. You know, yeah. within their roles. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the new Baltimore. Yeah. So if you have thoughts, we want to hear them. Tweet at us or you can email us, podcast.rewired at gmail.com. Or at rewired pod on twitter yeah <laughs> uh and it's actually at rewired podcast on twitter oh okay <laughs> it's been a while I think. um so anyway so yeah hit us up on twitter hit us up on gmail let us know what your thoughts are where did you think the most significant new baltimore symbol was in yeah. in the show and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. Yeah, and we've got lots to talk about in this season of Rewired Podcast. But if you have topics you want to hear, uh, let us know. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. And we'll see you next time way down in the hole.